Let's go, Brandon! What's up, Mahanyaks? Welcome back to another sports edition, or I should say the first ever sports edition of the Ramley Viking podcast. So, if you, ha- if you couldn't tell already by midweek, I've switched up things, and I did not make an official Instagram, Facebook post saying, new posting schedule. I just kind of did it, because, well, it's my podcast, so I can. So, quick announcement update before we jump into everything sports today. I am looking at doubling down on my doses of weird, so Monday and Friday, and then singling up and consolidating my sports. Instead of doing college football and NFL, which I did because they were pretty intensive, each about 40 minutes, I said, let's, I would prefer to have all sports on Wednesdays. So it doesn't look like it's mainly sports on this podcast. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays, we'll mix in specialty episodes and so on and so forth. And so that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and knock out college football and NFL and NBA today in this episode. See if we can squeak in under an hour, which my last last week's episodes were pretty good. But it's going to be a lot, so I uh, kind of planned it out, pre-planned it out a little bit more and got some good show notes going over here. But that's that's kind of the update as far as uh, where we're at now, and that's, of course, subject to change. So would love to hear your feedback on if you like them combined, you like them separate. I mean, I think whether I do them combined or separate, it was all going to be on Wednesdays. And so you might be a double release on Wednesdays of two episodes, or um, it, if I can fit them into one ep- one mega episode, you tell me, because I know maybe not all of you are into the NFL and vice versa. And if that's the case and you want me to break down, then I, that allows me to go a little bit more in depth on all of them. But as I'm going forward, I'm realizing trying to pick out my funny takes and differentiate myself, giving you the analysis you don't get anywhere else right here on the Rambling Viking podcast for your sports, because... Guess what? There's plenty of places that are talking sports, and most of the things I cover are talked about by every sports talking head. So why listen to me? Because I'm better. Duh. That's why. But that's the intro today. So uh, without further ado and wasting any more time, let's just jump right into it, okay? I got a ton of notes. I was uh, showed Connor. Shout out to him earlier. I said, hey, look at my notes. You think I can get through this in an hour? And, he, and his basic response was no, to sum it up. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But we're going to start with college football, then we'll move on to the NFL, then we will cherry on top with the NBA, and I've got some links, fun links in the description for you. So, first and foremost, leading off college football, <laughs> we'll just start with my notes, and then we'll kind of go through scores and no, uh, notable games, but uh, meme I saw this week, which I don't know how to share, I might, if I can find it, I'll share it on the social pages, but... Um, OU basically has become like Captain Jack Sparrow in the first parts of the Caribbean with the scene that uh, has the, what's his name, the Commodore saying, you're the, this is going to be a horrible impression, by the way, you're the worst pirate I've ever seen or, or, or ever heard of. And then Captain Jack wittingly responds, ah, but you have heard of me. And that is, uh, people said, OU, <laughs> I mean, like, you're the worst defeat, undefeated team I've ever seen. It's like, oh, but I am undefeated. <laughs> And so that's, and that is essentially OU and still as of today in the college football playoff, we'll see how it all pans out. Also, they had the craziest play. And if you didn't know, they played KU who, um, basically is a non-existent football program because obviously they are a top tier basketball school. I'm talking tippy top tier. And what happens is, you know, in the college sports gods, you're only really allowed to be good at one of the major sports. And so they chose basketball. So they're trash at football. 
and that's how it's been. And they barely, they, they were leading OU at halftime and barely skated by. So there's your summation. But Caleb Williams continues to prove that, yes, one A, he is still a f- true freshman quarterback uh, by a lot of the decisions he makes or uh, and doesn't make. Then B, that he is also infused, has Sooner Magic running through his veins because he continues to make wild plays. Fourth down is his thing, okay? When it's if you really need him to make a play, what you need to do is run it on first down, run it on second down, and then and then if you need to run it on third down, but don't get the first down. Get to fourth and four or less. And then and then just say, here you go, Caleb, do your thing. And just run like a QB power and he'll figure something out and have some crazy magic. So because what happened is he hands off Kennedy Brooks. Kenny Brooks runs to the right, and the I, I put the link in the description uh, so you can go watch the video, and I'm sure many of you saw this. And then he proceeds to go backyard football when Kennedy, he realizes Kennedy gets stopped and he's going to go down. He runs up to him, and what we can only assume he said is, hey, Kennedy, it's Caleb. Give me the ball. And then so Kennedy hands the ball off. So they're behind the line of scrimmage, which it's legal. Was it a pass? Was a handoff to Caleb, who then grabs the ball. And of course, none of the defenders are going after Caleb or expecting him to have the ball. So they finish tackles. One guy who's coming in, he hits Kennedy. Caleb gets the ball, gets four yards across the first down, gets the first down. Game goes on. They end up winning. Holy freaking. And everyone was sitting there like the rest reviewed it. And the, the announcers were like, but it, you know, illegal, right? And I was like, me... Me and everyone I was watching with were like, we're sitting there like, there's no rule. It was a handoff. It was behind the line of scrimmage. Nothing illegal there. Like, it wasn't a forward pass. Even if it was, he was behind the line of scrimmage. You can shovel pass, so that should be legal. Um, yeah, there was no illegality. And I forget what the announcer said. They were saying something stupid, but of course, surprise, surprise. But came back, and they're like, yeah, the call stands. Even the refs were confused. Um, but we all were. It's the wildest play that anyone has ever seen, that nobody has ever seen that happen before. And uh, if they tell you they have, just remind them that they're a liar. They're a bold-faced liar, McCullough. And uh, say that right to their face. They'll understand if they listen to this podcast. If not, hopefully they're talking. Um, hopefully Connor's in the vicinity because he'll understand. But uh, other notable notes. I would hope that my notes are notable. KU, uh, of course, you know, had a relatively empty stadium. That's why there was virtually no crowd shots. But then they showed a time lapse as word spread throughout Lawrence and people were, you know, were doing better things and watching KU football, which is virtually anything like watching, watching paint dry, fixing a leaky faucet, um, literally anything, just scratching your butt like when it itches. That's better than, you know, that's worth more of your time than going, taking the time to go there. Well, KU decides to just open up the gates, which I didn't even realize they charge tickets to begin with to get to these games. And they show it and by the third quarter. It's like this. The crowd size has tripled. Now it's still only maybe two thirds full. So that to give you perspective, but it's pretty funny. And then when it got to like the last four minutes and they realized, oh, you scored again. And they realized that they probably weren't going to win. People were like, all right, back to it. <laughs> Back to literally doing anything else. I'm going to go wander around Walmart now because that's what I was doing beforehand. And then I got an update. Hey, they're winning. Oh, let's go see it. Uh, I've never been to the football stadium. Everyone, Google Maps, rumor has it, Google Maps actually got bogged down because nobody had ever been to the stadium and they didn't even know where it was, even though it was on campus. And so even the local KUians or Jayhawks, I should say, had to had to maps it. 
um, how to get there because they weren't sure. They weren't sure. They thought it was maybe out of town. I, they actually, I heard some of them went to the high school and because they thought that's maybe where it was played was at the high school in Lawrence because why would KU waste their money on a football stadium because all their money clearly needs to go to basketball and other things. But uh, don't fact check that last part because that may or may not just be me making stuff up. Okay, moving on through the notes. That's enough on the OUKU game. Good Lord. Yeah, we'll see if we get through this in an hour. Connor, you might be right. <clears throat> Um, OSU is in Oklahoma State, doesn't want to be good this year, and Iowa State resumes its upset-a-thon. It's yearly, it's annual uh, upset-a-thon where it just starts to tip everyone over, throw the Big 12 into a whirlwind um, to beat teams who are in crucial moments, like down the stretch where they're like 7-0, 8-0, like, oh, they're rolling, they're ranked in the top 10, and then they fall, and then Iowa State goes back to being trash against other teams and ends up mediocre, so it only makes things worse. Like, they just can't be good all year and then maybe win, and then, like, rising tides, right? Like, when Georgia and Alabama play, it shouldn't affect their rankings because they're freaking, or when Penn State and Iowa play, it didn't really affect their rankings because they were both, they were like 4-5 and five at the time or something like that, but... Alas, here we are. Uh, now, there were some bad calls. I think the spot and the review on that final fourth down play that ended the game, basically, for OSU was crap and garbage. But all in all, when it comes down to a play like that, you just have to look at it and say, I mean, I don't know what you want from me. Like, there were other moments in the game they could have played better and done things better. So, it is what it is. All right, then moving on, we have the longest college football game in History, nine overtimes, which by the way, my inf- at the time, my infantile knowledge of overtimes, and this is against Penn State and Illinois, Illinois unranked, beats Penn State 20-18. to 18. You go to nine overtimes and the, the winning score is 20? I mean, now that's a, tr- that's a slugfest right there, all right? That's some old school football. Grind it out, three and out, punt it down a lot. Um, can be tough games to watch. They're arduous, but at the same time, there's something just about that grit, you know, but in my infantile knowledge about overtimes, I was like, they're like, are they doing any change the rules? And I go, this is before I knew the rules, which I'll explain in a minute. I said, well, college overtime is you just, each team gets it at the 25 and then you um, get a chance to score. And then, um, after you each possess it, if it's still tied, you just do that again. But that counts as the next overtime. In actuality, it's just a sudden death back and forth. I mean, so, but when you actually number the overtimes, then it sounds like a lot. Well, fun fact. So second, starting in the second overtime, after you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. Then starting in the third overtime, they say it's just two point conversions the rest of that time. Now... And then that's how they got to nine. And they eventually, someone scored and the other one didn't. And as we all know, two-point conversion plays are kind of rough. So I, if you wanted to shorten that, I would just say instead of going from that little two-point conversion hash, go from the five. Go from the seven. Go from the ten even. You get one play, ten-yard line, try and score. Field goal is not an option. And we can make it a two-point conversion. We can make it a touchdown. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's you get it, the other team doesn't. Then, I don't know, that gives you a little bit more feel, a little bit more variety, but maybe it's better just being that close to the goal line because it's very hard to run a good play because it's the field is so tight. I don't know. What do you think? Would you change anything? I don't think I'd really change much of anything. Maybe just from the get-go, you have to go for two. No PATs allowed. Um, and then maybe after five, it goes into a field goal off. So instead of the offense going back out there, just ah, leave it up to the kickers. <laughs> the guys who, 
I mean, don't really do anything, but at the same time, also win and lose games for people by scoring field goals. It's such a weird place to be as a kicker because you're kind of doing your own thing, just kicking all the time. And then, but then when push comes to shove, they're like, we need you. The whole team in the game is counting on you. And it's like, but I mean, I don't even have to go to any personnel meetings. I just kick the ball, go home and I get to hang out with you guys. And that's from going on the trips and get all the free merch. But all right, crap. We're at 12 minutes. I'm going to keep hammering this out. Okay. Coastal Carolina falls from grace. And uh, I've actually learned how to properly pronounce their name. They, I was calling them the Chanticleers because that's what it looks like. They are the Chanticleers. So uh, C-H-A-N-T-I-C-L-E-R-S is Chanticleers. Or it looks like Chanticleers is Chanticleers. And their mascot's like some weird hawk so, or bird. So I guess you call this bird, oh, see, that's the Chanticleer. And I was like, it looks like a hawk to me. But whatever. I'm sure it's some fancy name for something. Um, some simple animal that I'm not going to look up. But, uh, and, and what I also learned from this game was that they lost to Appalachian State. That they, Appalachian State is the hump they have to get over before they can think about top 10 aspirations. Uh, they're still alive. They're, they dropped to 24, so they're on the fringe, but they're still in the top 25. But they did fall from grace. All their chances of being top 10 now are definitely gone. They might break top 20. They really can trounce uh, everyone else on their schedule the rest of the year. But uh, Appalachian State, where they have never won, is the hump they have to get over. And they couldn't get over it this time. It was kind of crazy, though. Appalachian State had the best onside kick. And now I have a link to add. So let me put that in the notes real quick. They had the best onside kick, that a surprise onside kick. So most surprise onside kicks are either a dink right in front of the kicker. And so the kicker just literally follows it to 10 yards and falls on it. Or a normal onside kick, which mm, works about 40% of the time, which is better than onside kick percent success rates. This one was, so say it's kickoff left. So everyone is slightly skewed to the left. It's return right. So everyone's kind of slightly positioned. Um, accordingly opposing the, the kicking team and then you have your your two outside guys or your contained guys and you still have one guy way out to the right so you've got an extra gap everyone's evenly spaced but then from the second to farthest right guy to the right guy is a good gap and what they do is he's going like he's going to kick off left and then he kicks it he smokes it right at a pretty shallow angle and it one hops and it goes way far right and basically that gunner that contain guy, he sprints, and so, I mean, he kick it at an angle so it gets past 10 yards, but had he not gotten it, it would have gone out of bounds. But he got there, and he got to it, and really no one was over there. No one on the kick return team was over there, and I was like, that's how you do a surprise onside kick. I mean, the secret's out now, but um, that turned the tide, then they went and scored, and they tied it up because uh, the first, like, quarter and a half was all Deshanta clears. Coastal Carolina, it was their game, and then... After that, it was a slugfest, and they, they actually couldn't quite get it together. That kind of rocked them. And uh, then they were like, oh, crap, the Appalachian State hurdle. We haven't beaten these guys. And the rest is history. But that's more than anyone wanted to know about Appalachian State. All right, moving on to the next thing. Oh, wait. So RG3, who was commentating the OU game, uh, first of all, I, I can't decide. I love him overall as a commentator because I love I love 
offbeat commentators, commentators that don't fit that normal mold. And a lot of a lot more players nowadays are becoming commentators, and they're it's fun because they give you more in depth analysis, but also they kind of say some kooky things that aren't a normal commentator who's well practiced wouldn't say, which I love. But some things that RG three said for was finger looking good. He threw that in there a couple times. And then my favorite though was his K OU's role in this KU guy goes down. Then he just kind of gets up and walks off. And then he midway through walking off starts limping. <laughs> and they're like, uh, not sure what it was. They showed the replay because he's running normally after the play, and then all of a sudden he just falls. And like doesn't even like lunge or grab anything to make it really to really sell it. It was just clearly a, to stop the momentum and keep the offense from going. And so RG3 had the best term that is now what we can use for any time we suspiciously or suspect someone is doing this. And that is late onset injury feeling. So if you or one of your family members has suffered from late onset injury feeling, you may be entitled to compensation through a class action lawsuit. Just call. (laughs) Don't we all know those commercials? You or someone you know has died of mesothelioma. (laughs) That's basically what that is. So that's a late onset injury feeling. Anytime people go down to, say, stop some momentum or play some games like that. All right. Now it's time for some more crazy stuff. It was a wild weekend. So Wake Forest and Army, they decided to play a basketball game on the football field uh, by having a score of 70 to 56. Which a lot of college games, I mean, 70, well, that's probably a little bit average. But depending, I mean... 70, yeah, 70 to 56. That was a football score. Ready for double dose of crazy? Wake Forest only had a possession time of 17 min- minutes. A little under, Bleach Report said 1634, and ESPN said like 17. So we, we'll say 17 minutes of possession time, and they scored 70 points. You know how many just throw the ball and run for a big touchdown that is? So many. And while Army, who only scored, only scored 56, they they had a possession time of like 43 minutes or something insane. So just let that sink in. But the Demon Deacons came away with the win, and I still think that's weird that that is their mascot. I never knew that. But it, alas, here we are. So, moving forward, we uh, we saw that... In classic style, the media made the Wake Forest, or Wake Forest, the Notre Dame USC game, try and make it such a big deal. Brought in all these fame, uh, famous uh, previous players and stuff like that to have fun and really make it a big spectacle. When in reality, uh, Notre Dame handled business against USC because USC sucks and Notre Dame is just kind of a middle of the road team. You know, good enough to be ranked but not good enough to make the college football playoff and really do anything. So classic Notre Dame USC fashion. I don't know. To me, it wasn't that entertaining. I guess if you're Fans of either of them, then sure, you like it, but eh, nothing much to it. Now, in better news, Bill Walton was the guest on game day, and it was beautiful. I uh, got a link to that in the description as well. And he, in classic Bill Walton style, was just endlessly entertaining. I'm, I'm only disappointed that he wasn't in a tie-dye UCLA shirt, but everything else about him was classic Bill Walton and was just in incredible so let's talk about rankings and how everyone panned out so we we obviously had some big games big moments this week uh, a couple big upsets couple big almost upsets uh, but some stuff did change some stuff didn't change right like Georgia who didn't play <laughs> stayed at number one duh and then you have Cincinnati at two 
they they squeaked away with the win. Good job to them. Uh, Bama, though, they jumped. They had a big win. They only won by like 40 points or something. They jumped OU to get to three, and OU dropped to four, which rightly so. And then Ohio State and Michigan are hot on their heels, so that's culminating for a fun little bout. Uh, but finally, Ohio State is actually going to play someone, a real team this week. They haven't played anyone worthwhile. I'm sure they've been blowing them out, and that's always good. But, uh, I mean, their schedule has been about as hard as Coastal Carolina's schedule up until this point, minus the Oregon game, which they lost. So do with that what you will. They're getting their first real test to see actually how they hold up off of a Penn State team who lost to Illinois in nine overtime. So I don't even know, right? Um, and then other notable things that we have there. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State falls to 15. You have Penn State falling to 20. Iowa State jumps into the rankings. Coastal Carolina, our boys, the Chanticleers, fall to 24. And that's really all your notable movers. I mean, you had a couple people move up uh, who have been redeemed, but most everyone is more or less the same. And that's kind of the only interesting thing. So let's look ahead at next week and see who we got, right? So, notable games. Obviously, you should watch the OU-Texas Tech game because uh, nobody knows how OU is going to show up and perform and if Spencer Rattler is going to get called back or if... I mean, I say we stick with the Caleb Williams magic because, I mean, look, he may miss some passes, throw some balls late, and end up in an interception or two. But, I mean, if you can just put him in the right position, i.e. fourth and short, and then and that's where he shines. So, just intentionally try and get to fourth down, basically. I don't care if it's if you get eight yards on your first down run, kneel it twice or just throw two wild incomplete passes that were uncatchable and then give him the ball. That would be my strategy against the tech. But they're going up against a five and three Texas Tech team. Now, here's the hilarious thing. I mean, on paper, they're still good enough that they should they should <laughs> warrant this. They're 19 point favorite. They were like a 38 point favorite against Kansas. But it's anybody's ball game at this point. They are they are clearly week to week. I mean, if they pull it together enough, they'll end up in the college football playoff. But we'll just have to see. And then watch out, OSU. You got Kansas. That's right. They apparently have a football team. And apparently, maybe now have enough belief to beat you. So watch yourself. Which OSU almost lost to Boise State early on in the season. So once again, anybody's ball game at that point. I know, right? Uh, other notable games, Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, the upset queen right now. They took down Purdue last week, who was ranked and is no longer ranked. Um, and Iowa, who's back up to number nine, Wisconsin's still unranked, is actually the three-point favorite. Hilarious, right? So well, that that's definitely a game to watch. It's 11 a.m. Then, really, really, is we have the battle for the state of Michigan. Spartans versus the Wolverines, which... If we're just going off the mascots, the Spartan every time is who I take. And I've seen 300, okay? When they're like eight, they have to go survive in the wild. And if they come back after like a winter, they, they're they they're allowed to be a part of society. If they don't come back, obviously, then they can't be a part. And because they're dead, so it's like literally, it's literally fi- uh, swim or sink or swim. Golly, I almost said fight or flight. And I was like, not quite. But... Um, that should be a really good one. Michigan six, Michigan state is eight. That's also 11 AM. Then Georgia, Florida. I mean, they'll probably try and hype that up. I don't think that's going to be a big hype game. Kentucky, Mississippi state and watch out for that one. Um, we'll just see where Kentucky's at after being taken down. So handily by Georgia, see if they bounce back and Mississippi state, who's nobody to sleep on. Right. Then Penn state and Ohio state. I alluded to them earlier. 
They are going. This is going to be Ohio State's first true test. They're still an 18 and a half point favorite based upon the fact they've blown everybody out. But I would argue they haven't really played much of anybody. So, and Penn State has, um, and well, and also they haven't, and they didn't come out so well. So I don't know what what the state of things is for Penn State, but uh, that's your 6:30 ABC game. Uh, I'm going to be tuning into that. Should be a ton of fun. But those are my notable games for this week. And if I overlooked your game, either you're not in the top 25 or uh, I don't think it's you're really worth my time much. Oh, obviously, Coastal Carolina's taking on Troy. Don't forget to tune in. That's Thursday, which would technically be tomorrow from when you're listening to this, 630. So they, they play during the week. So you can get to see, you always get to see them. Um, it will be competing with Thursday Night Football, I realize. But uh, that's why we have two TVs, folks. That's why you have two. I know you all have two TVs mounted at least two TVs and uh, you know if you don't I realize that you know you're just saving up for one because one broke or you upgraded sizes because that's a quintessential part of living is two TVs but that's all the uh, notable games for me and I would love for you to send in your take for your team and give your predictions or your thoughts on uh, reviews anything and everything because I really don't necessarily pledge allegiance outside of my Oklahoma team's And then further than that, Big 12 teams. I want to see the Big 12 do well. Don't know how I feel about the whole SEC thing with uh, OU and Texas. But nonetheless, um, that's a few years down the road. Uh, College football playoff prediction. Right now, I mean, I still really want, obviously, Georgia. And they are my clear favorite to win the title, right? Cincy, I really want them to get in. I would love for them to get to the national championship game. So... Um, I don't want Bama to get in, so however that can work out, right? I would like OU to stay in, but at the same time, if if they're going to continue to play this way, I'd rather them not get in and give people more ammunition to be able to say, oh, I can't win in the college football playoff, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, your team probably hasn't even been, and if they have, they've probably done just about as good because unless your team is Clemson, <laughs> Alabama, or Georgia, and or that one LSU team, which by the way, you have to be year specific, or those like one or two Oregon teams also have to be year specific, then I don't want to hear it, right? And you might say, what about Ohio State? They yeah, they won the first one in 2014 and they've been back a couple times, but they've lost. So I don't know what you want, right? Um, they did they did win the first one and so good for them. But that wraps it up. So I think, you know, ideally I would probably like to see Ohio State, Oklahoma, Cincy, and Georgia going 4-1 to one in the college football playoff. So, who would you like to see? Send it in and let me know. All right, we're doing pretty good on time here. I think we'll, I think we'll scoot in under an hour. We're going to shift gears, though, to the NFL. And we'll just go through my notes. And then we'll go back. Um, quick reminder on the front end, pick skin, pick them, join it, make your picks every week right alongside me and a few other people and see if you can come out on top. Right now, that is everyone. <laughs> so everyone's beating me. I suck the worst. And uh, you can hear me uh, talk about our picks, talk about the group, and then also do my picks live on here on air and then you could go and make your picks and either pick opposite of me, but it's a ton of fun. That link is also in the description. It'll be, it's in every NFL episode. And from here on, we'll be in every sports episode. So get real excited, but let's switch gears to the NFL going through my notes. The Eagles suck plain and simple. Um, they only decide to try when it's a, a fourth quarter and they realize, Oh crap. We're down by like 
three scores. So, oh, let's actually play good. And then they decide to play good, but it's like you're mounting a comeback way too late and definitely too little. So, sorry. And it's just depressing. It's, I mean, at this point, we need to dump Jalen. We need to draft a new quarterback because it's funny. I was listening to the Locked On Eagles podcast, and the guy was like, I think we might have hit his ceiling because it's the same problems. And I'm like, thank you. It's only what I've been saying since, I don't know, we drafted him. But, uh, which brings me back to my point, it's not... It's not a coaching problem. It's all first-year new coaches. It's This is a front office problem. And I understand this is technically a building year. But uh, if you're building on, uh, right now the building you're building on is capped. If it gets any taller, it'll be structurally unsound, i.e. talking about Jalen Hurts' ability as a quarterback. We have a good receiving core, but we don't have a guy who can accurately sling it now. We had Carson Wentz who can accurately sing it, put it, sling it, put a ball on a rope, which he's made some awesome throws with the Colts, and... Uh, and he didn't have any receivers. And now we get some receivers, ship him off, and say, you're the problem. And we're ju- they're just being a real Taylor Swift about it. And they are the problem. Trying to blame everybody else. But let's keep it moving. Stump Mitchell is the coach that we all deserved and needed. And we all need still to this day. He's the running back coach for the Browns. And, I mean, just his name, Stump Mitchell, is awesome. And then his look, awesome. He's... Oh man, he's just got a he. I don't even know. He's just like a he's just like a rugged looking black guy with like a cool like foot long white beard, and he just I mean he just has that look about him. Like I'm like I don't want to mess with him, but also I kind of want to go train under him because I know you know he'd do you right. Stump would do you right. So that's just a little fun fact. Really nothing to do with anything, but and I'm that might have been a note from last week even, but it's worth saying again. Daniel Jones continues to just confuse everyone. Um, he makes, uh, and <laughs> specifically, he made a, well, they ran the Philly Philly, which teams continue to do, and as long as they acknowledge it's the Philly Philly or the Philly special that they're running, fine by me. Because imitation is the highest form of flattery, but it's hilarious. You know, that worked in the Super Bowl. Now, we, I mean, this year, I've seen it like six times. They ran it. It worked. And then, I mean, the receiver overthrew him. And then Daniel Jones goes full Daniel Jones and decides to make a great play because he either makes amazing plays or horrible plays. No in between. And he does the ultimate, what I would call the ultimate quintessential Giants catch. It's a combination of the one-handed Odell catch and a combination of the secured against your helmet David Tyree catch. Because he initially gets it with one hand and then he kind of pushes it against his helmet for a second before he can bring his other hand and secure it for falling to the ground which he took a tiny bit of a shot on the end of it because he got led in and led by the pass a little bit. And uh, uh, for for half a second, I was like, mm, I was like, oh boy, here we go, another concussion, but he was fine. So the hit wasn't that hard. But yeah, so that's wild. Um, it was National Tight End Day this Sunday and they couldn't shut up about it. If you can't tell, I think it's dumb. I don't care and I think it's silly. And I'm not trying to insult any tight ends. Tight ends need love. But I think we acknowledge, I mean, at least the top tight ends get so much love. Uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Now you guys got, you know, Zach Ertz. Uh, Dallas Goddard. Now you got, like, Kyle Pitts. And, I mean, they've always gotten plenty of love. But they were, that was an excuse. They were just talking about tight ends. And they kept bringing it up at nauseum. And I was like, okay. First of all, I said, this is made up. And then Connor said, well, all these days, any, any you know, all these things are made up. And I said, that's true. But 
how I would delineate them is this one is made up and it's completely silly and pointless. Other ones are made up and it's like, okay, I can kind of get behind like, yeah, that could have used a day. Tight end day? And you know they just, oh, it happened to be on a Sunday. Yeah, I guess, my guess is it's going to be a Sunday every year. But whatever. Um, Justin Fields might be broken after such after getting put in his place by Big Daddy Tom Brady, who could literally be his dad. Um, he's 22 years old, and Tom Brady has been in the league 22 years. But uh, he had like I think three fumbles and like three picks or something like that. I don't know remember the exact stat line, and I didn't care to write it down. But because it was that bad, I was like, man, honestly, for your sake. I feel so bad. I'm not even going to really try and remember that. But uh, he became a meme this week, just sitting on the bench, kind of dumbfounded. And uh, he might be broken. They, the Bears might have broken Justin Fields. We'll we'll find out. We'll see if the red rifle comes out slinging. Uh, then another great meme I saw or joke from the internet is that Jared Goff finally contributes to a Rams win or helps the Rams get a win, which is, if you don't know, he was on the Rams, now he's on the Lions, and they him and Matthew Stafford switched places, and Matthew Stafford is proving that Jared Goff was the problem. Because Matthew Stafford, who we've all known has always been a good quarterback, is actually showing out that he is a good quarterback. And you can see that now that he's in a good system. And then Jared Goff is proving that he's really the quarterback the Lions should have had like the last decade because he just fits the bill. He's goofy and kind of makes some plays, be competitive sometimes, but all in all, he sucks. Uh, the Bengals, I think the Bengals or the Titans. Mind Honestly, I got to give it to the Bengals. The Bengals, I mean, two birds with one stone here, proved to everybody they're the real deal, and then also stomped the Ravens, curb stomped them into oblivion with base, which basically, uh, with basically. Um, just doing the LSU method, i.e. having Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase go off, and then with a little help from some OU running backs, Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, they Jamar Chase had himself a 200-yard day, and it was wild. So they beat him like 41-17. to 17. It was just absolutely insane. Uh, and the Bengals are here. The Bengals and the Cardinals, who... If you recall, I said right here on this program that both of them give them a couple years. I didn't think the Bengals were maybe going to be this quick to it, but they've made some good decisions and they were going to be the real deal. Cardinals are the real deal, arguably the best right now and next to the Bills maybe. And the uh, the Bengals, uh, who I thought were maybe just going to be mediocre, are actually the real deal. So it's a lot of fun. Sam Darnold, he probably needs to get the number to Ghostbusters or maybe an Exorcist, one of those two, because that man clearly he was seeing ghosts again or being haunted by one or several a uh, man i dropped him from fantasy so four and a half points in my league we have specific defensive players along with a, a, a team's defense four and a half points is like what is an average week for a defensive tackle defensive end not your quarterback so needless to say, I got absolutely curb stomped in fantasy because, wow. I also didn't have a tight end playing because I don't want to drop Gronk or Dawson Knox, but both of them seem to be doubtful to out right now. It's a real struggle, but I'm on a nice slide myself. Uh, the Chiefs, we their code has been cracked officially, and the Titans have established Derrick Henry is the Madden creative player personified because he just continues to improve and 
just completely trounce everyone. Just give him the ball. He threw a pass, a little over-the-top pass to um, that game. They beat them 27-3. to I'll look at the scores here in a minute. But the Chiefs, their code is definitely officially cracked. Patrick Mahomes is in trouble because now he's scrambling and trying to do stuff, and he's getting hit, getting taken out. He had, you know, got put in concussion protocol. Uh, the Chiefs got to figure something out. Their little magic stuff that they had going because nobody was ready for how explosive they were going to be, well, people have caught up and figured it out, which you, which, why you need to be multifaceted. But you can have one main element, but you got to have some other complementary elements that are good enough to pick up the slack. And most importantly, Monday Night Manning was back, is back, and I never want it to leave. It was the best. They had, first of all, superstar lineup, minus one. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Tom Brady, Sue Bird, who nobody cares about, and then Drew Brees. So for the Saints and Seahawks game, it was awesome. Uh, minus Sue Bird, she clearly, hers was, and I'm not faulting her, like she was a nice enough, good enough guest, but two things. In being in company with those other guests, like you really need to be on top of it and on fire. And then unfortunately that was, football is not, she knows virtually nothing about football. And it was very clear because there was some awkward conversation. Now, I mean, she's a Seattle legend playing for whatever their WNBA team is. Um, I mean, I, it doesn't matter. But re- regardless, she didn't belong there. They should have toned it back or found somebody else. Surely they could have found somebody else. But Marshawn Lynch um, reminded us that Monday Night Manning is our favorite because we always get either double middle fingers uncensored or we just get cursing uncensored dropped an f-bomb dropped a couple other curse words and it was hilarious and uh, he i mean he's just marshawn lynch he's marshawn lynch he's just the best tom brady he ended up (laughs) him and gronk uh both he we'll see if his mess up his slip up was as bad as gronk's where he's gonna call a presser about how he actually watched film you know because Tom Brady uh, basically called out every defense ever and every defensive player by saying, I understand why they're on defense. Basically saying, you play defense because you can't cut it on offense. And defense isn't that hard. <laughs> and then Teddy Bruschi, of course, tweeted that uh, they're no longer friends. And yeah, it was it was awesome, though. But we'll see if that press conference comes. And really, though, the most interesting thing to me is it was just one day after their game which I get was an easy one uh, against the Bears. But, and he knew everything about a third-round draft pick out of Stanford who was one of the Saints' cornerbacks and just casually pointed him out and started talking. And it was like, whoa. That gives you perspective of, A, how much Tom goes in on studying, but B, like how he wastes no time. And just, that's, I mean, that's GOAT-level stuff. It was eerie. He just knew everything about And I was like, it's only Monday, my dude. And he had him dialed in. So, yeah, you think he, you think you're a third-round pick who's the nickel corner. Like, oh, Tom Brady knows exactly who you are, exactly what your strengths and weaknesses are, and he's going to exploit them when he runs that offense. <laughs> oh, man, Peyton had to wear an Ole Miss jersey because he lost a bet to Eli for the first half. That was funny. And then, um, yeah, but it was that, – that's pretty much – those are all my highlights from Monday Night Manning. But it was just incredible. So much fun. And they need to keep doing this. It's just, there's awkward moments, but it's also way more funny. And you also get, a lot of times, when you do get good football analysis, it's it's way better. So, all right, let's close out NFL with our pigskin pick'em. Doing good on time here. 
So I'm 57 and 34, puts me in third place behind Skunkline. And um, it's your boy uh, who's just ahead of me. So Skunkline is ahead of both of us, 61 and 28. It's your boys, 59 and 32, and I'm 57 and 34. And points-wise, uh, where's our total? It's 610, 590 to 570. So still in, still in shooting distance, but I don't know. We'll just have to see how we do, you know? I don't know. Uh, I'm nervous, so. But join the Pixie and Pick'em if you want to become a part of this and see if you can beat me. You obviously won't be able to catch me points-wise, but we'll look at from where you started, from where I started, and how we compared, and I can do all that. So it was a rough week for me. There was a lot. Of, there was just rough stuff, okay? Broncos did not beat the Browns, uh, even though Teddy Two Gloves was in. That was just a messy game, 14-17. to 17. The Browns barely won. Case Keenum came in and played. And I know it's funny. Five minutes after I released last week's podcast, and where I quoted Baker's, Baker himself as saying he was going to absolutely play, he got listed as out. <laughs> and I was like, cool. And I was like, well, I was glad I didn't pick the Browns. And they won. Packers handle business against the Washington football team, 24-10. to Nothing saying there. The Chiefs lost, like I said, marquee game to the Titans, 27-3. to And that's just not a loss. That is getting smashed. And it was interesting. ESPN said, is their dynasty over? To me, they never really had a dynasty. It's only been like three years. And I don't know. A dynasty, like, to really establish a dynasty, what what is it? For me, I think, I think it's like you got to have five just stellar years at least to really have a dynasty and because anyone can, anyone can get to two good seasons. Anyone can have one good season. And then a lot of people can have two good years in a row. Three is like, okay, now, now we're talking if you, and then four is like, this is sustainable five. I think, okay, that was a bit of a dynasty because then you're probably going to have start. You're going to have guys retiring. You're going to lose free people to free agency trades, whatnot, aging out. So, so on and so forth. A uh, non-bi-week bye week game of the week was the Atlanta Falcons and Miami Dolphins, which ended up being a barn burner, 30-28. to 28. The Falcons won, picked them, feeling good. Then the Patriots uh, do what everyone should do to the Jets, beat them 54-13. to 13. I picked the Panthers, and the Giants beat them 25-3. to 3. At one point, the score was 5-3. to 3. This was a very weird game. And I already talked about Daniel Jones' crazy catch, but... Nobody knows what's going on. The Panthers are completely imploding. Sam Darnold got benched in the fourth quarter. That's how bad it is. So it maybe proves that Sam, Sam Darnold actually isn't that good. And actually isn't as good as we thought. We, you know, at the Jets, it's like, look, he's at the Jets. And he gets there and he starts being good. And then he regresses to exactly what he was doing. So maybe there's a more endemic problem. Then the Ravens, who 87% of us picked against my better judgment. And I say that only because I'm right now I'm a fan of the Bengals. And uh, the Ravens go down 41-17, missed that, missed that pick. Now the Rams got played closer than you would have thought, 28-19, to still won. I rightly picked the Raiders, who another weird score, 33-22 to against the Eagles, but it was 30, it was like 33-7 to like seven going into the fourth, like I said. And all of a sudden they want to kick it into gear in the fourth quarter we can't keep doing that it's it really is sad to watch the Eagles I'm glad I didn't have that game like that wasn't one of the games in my area because it was bad Cardinals destroy the Texans as they should 31 to 5 they continue to roll only undefeated 
team. Buccaneers destroy the Bears 38-3. Got that pick right. Colts scoot past the 49ers 30-18. And uh, so they're they're picking up some steam. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, maybe a wild card team. 49ers are kind of a wreck, actually. Pretty funny. Then the Saints barely squeak past the Seahawks in a, well, it was actually a pretty exciting game. Uh, Geno Smith and Jameis Winston, both of them are very entertaining because they're very much wild cards. You never know what they're going to do, and it's hilarious, all right? And there were some crazy, uh, Geno Smith has not worked on his pocket presence drills enough where sliding and his footwork because he kept getting tangled up and hezzy in, and, and I, it, was, it looked like Geno Smith out there is what I'll say. But let's get on to next week. Thursday night, starting strong. Pumped about this game. And, wow. Thursday night, Green Bay and Arizona. Now, 67% of us have picked Arizona. But this is going to be a big test for Arizona. And, I mean, it's never easy to beat Green Bay. So, part of me wants to pick Green Bay to maybe hand Arizona their first loss. But, also, the rest of me says, I want Arizona to win. And I obviously they obviously are the favorite right now. So and I think Devontae Adams is out, who's had the bulk of the catches, so that hamstrings their offense a little bit, supposedly. We'll actually see. So I'm taking the Cardinals. And then in your non bye week, bye week game of the week, Panthers, Falcons. Sixty six percent have picked the Falcons. I don't know who the Panthers backup is. If you do, sure feel free to tell me, but at this point I don't care. Carolina's in some deep doo doo right now. So that's why I dropped Sam Darnold for fantasy and hoping Daniel Jones continues to just just score like 20-plus. And the rest of my guys, I, got, I have a good roster. The rest of them can pick up the slack. Falcons should win. Cool. Dolphins-Bills. Oh, wow. I rarely see 1%, but 1% picked the Dolphins. So obviously, Bills should roll right over them. Coming off a bye week, feeling fresh, but those tend to be trap games. So I think I'm going to say that one's going to be closer than, we, than, than we'd expect or it should be, but I think the Bills will pull it out. San Francisco, Chicago, both teams handed L's. Uh, Justin Fields is still shell-shocked. He is emotionally concussed from getting wrecked that hard and having that many turnovers. San Francisco has enough of, their, of a system and, and put in place and being put together, they'll win. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, so 73% pick Cleveland even though Baker's not back um I think they're only getting one of the two monsters of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt but then they'll get the other one next week so at this point I mean I kind of want to pick the Steelers but 27% picked them but the Browns were able to power through and get a win last week I mean they got Stump Mitchell so it doesn't matter who's you know you're gonna get a solid running game so I'm giving it to my boy Stump Mitchell and the Browns then, oh, actually, this might be your non-bye week game of the week. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles you have the Detroit Lions, a team worse than they are. And while 66% picked the Eagles, I don't know if I have that much faith. The Lions have at least been able to put up points in the last couple games, scoring 19 and then playing the team before that kind of close. The Eagles make it look close, but it's only because they score a bunch in garbage time when all the backups are in. So when they start letting fans, their super fans, come and suit up and play, and so I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yep. So, Titans, Colts. Obviously, the Titans should win. They are on a hot streak. 
I think the Colts are going to put up a good competition, though. Frank Reich is a good coach. Carson Wentz is a good QB. They're going to pressure him, though. So we'll, it, it, it'll, it'll, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. It'll be, that's a good game to watch. Watch that one. And, oh, man. Look, what game am I going to get in my region? Oh, boy. I don't even know, honestly, at this point. The Browns game, probably, because of Baker. Bengals, Jets. Wow. Another. There's a lot of games you shouldn't watch and hopefully aren't your. And if they are, hopefully aren't the games that you're forced to watch. Bengals, Jets. That should, well, that one should be a fun highlight reel for the Bengals. It should be a lot of fun. Rams, Texans. Jeez. Rams, obviously. Old Davis Mills. I don't know if it's Davis Mills or Davis Miles. Don't care. Patriots, Chargers. Oh, I forgot about the Chargers. They run a bye week. Uh, 89% are in favor of the Chargers. I would agree. I think whatever problems they were having, they fixed. But I think that'll be a good competitive game. Jaguars, Seahawks. I mean, at this point, I guess the Seahawks should win. But, man, with Geno Smith. I don't know. The Jags could surprise some people. I'm still going to go with the Seahawks just because at this point when I try and make crazy picks, it only bites me in the butt, but then I can't, and I can't pick out the right underdog games. Washington football team, Denver Broncos. I'm going to pick the Washington football team. I think they're going to surprise everybody. They're going to be the one. So one team a week in the NFC East can win. Last week it was the Giants. The week before that it was the Cowboys. Now this week it's going to be the Washington football team. So even though I also predicted the Eagles, shut up. Don't mention that. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. Well, 93-7 to is the split there in favor of the Bucs, which I agree, but I think it might be kind of competitive. I don't know. We'll see if the Bucs keep rolling. Cowboys-Vikings. All right. Everyone, you know, conventional wisdom tells you the Dallas Cowboys. They're coming off a bye, though, and I think they're going to be real cushy, and I think the Vikings are going to punch them in the mouth, and I really, really hope they win. But this week, it seems I'm just going with the crowd. I'm going to pick Dallas. Then here we go, Monday night. Oh, and we'll get we should get Monday night Manning for this too. Oh yes. Eli and Peyton covering Eli's former team, the Giants, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. You're welcome, America. NFC East in primetime slots all year. You're gonna learn to like it. So, obviously, six percent picked. The, the Giants to win, but I don't wouldn't say it's going to be such an easy win for the Chiefs, and I don't know. The Giants might surprise everybody, but before I give my prediction, as always, let's go to Connor and see what his prediction is. They are going to lose this game. And there you have it, folks. Straight from the Giants fan himself. So, if we're going to go with Connor's prediction, which I would kind of agree. By all means, the Kansas City Chiefs are coming off of two very tough losses. So, it would actually, I actually think they're going to kind of bounce back, come out swinging against a pretty weak Giants team. And you're going to see Daniel Jones. I don't know. He might show out, but I think you're going to get the flop. He used all of his magic, creating that perfect Giants catch last week. So, the Chiefs. Now, it awkwardly might be close. So, what's my tiebreaker? 33 points. There we go. That's how many total. So it won't be super high scoring, but it'll be 30 to 3, probably, or something along those lines. But, anyways, that is uh, the NFL. That's my pigskin pick 'em. 
for this week. They are submitted. Don't forget, if you are listening and you are participating, get your picks in. Tell me what you're, you're most excited about, what you're most disappointed by. And if you haven't joined the Pigskin Pick'em, quit being a Hanyak. Join the Pigskin Pick'em. Let's make this thing PDFG, folks. Because let's be real. If you're not in the Pigskin Pick'em, are you even PDFG? I don't think so. All right. We're still scooting right along. Going to be just under the wire of an hour, especially if I can keep my Norwegian goodbye short. And I can explain to you another time what that is. You know when you forget something and it's like right after you leave the house and you're like, do I really want to go back and get it? It's so inconvenient. But I did just leave and then, you know, sometimes you go back, sometimes you don't because you say you're already gone. This one, as much as I wanted to say it's already gone, couldn't do it. And that is because it was such a big talking point. And that is the Tom Brady 600 touchdown ball uh, trade exchange negotiation, whatever you want to call it. And so that means I'm going to be over an hour. So I'm, I'm just now, I'm a liar because I hadn't quite posted it. I'd actually just uploaded it and then went, crap, I forgot to talk about this. And it's too big of a thing to not talk about. So Tom, Mike Evan gives away Tom, Tom Brady 600 ball and they go back and they proceed to do negotiations, which I would have figured they just would have taken the ball because that's what happens so much of the time is like, you see like people catch a field goal ball and like security just hunts them down and takes it from or rips it from their hands. And so some people are saying, you know, this guy should have kept it and gotten more. And then other people like me are saying, I think the fact that he got a deal is awesome because they could have just taken it, but they were extremely cordial about it and actually very respectful and showed some respect to the fans who I get it. Yeah. Just, you know, you paid, paid good money to be there, but at the same time, it's like in terms of social status, you pale in comparison and whatnot. And we have all the rules. So I want you to also chime in with what you would have done. Would you have taken the deal? Would you have tried to coordinate a plan to get out of the stadium alive with the football without being stopped by security and or killed by another fan who wants that very, very expensive ball? Because they say it's like some auctioneer dude was like, yeah, it's probably about a half a million dollar ball. And no, yeah, I don't blame him. But listen to what he ended up getting out of the deal. And it's all of this plus a Bitcoin, which right now is worth about 60K. So... I mean, even that alone would almost be worth it because you could get <laughs> you could get plenty of memorabilia for 60K. So anyways, he's getting two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. So, okay, that's already worth a crap ton because he's the GOAT. Then a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. Then a $1,000 credit to the Buccaneers team store to go and get mm, one of everything. And then two season tickets for the rest of the season and next. And so this is from Bleach Report, according to Tampa Bay Times, plus a Bitcoin. And they say, you know, is that a good deal? And I didn't read through the comments, but I say, heck yeah, that's a good deal. Now, some are saying, well, you should have held on the ball and really negotiated more and, you know, gotten Tom Brady. I think the only potential thing, which I imagine this guy gets to do anyways, and like Pat McAfee said, he'll be in a ton of documentaries and be he'll, he'll get plenty of stuff, plenty of attention for this. But I would have just probably secured like a lunch with Tom Brady or something. Obviously, I, you know, I would try and be a part of something on game day, but we all know how serious Tom is and that wouldn't fly. But something, right? Like lunch at Tom Brady's house one time and add that in, take away the $1,000 to the team shop and do that, right? And I'm good. 
But I would take that in a heartbeat. I think that's a great deal. And if you just look at the money aspect of it, yeah, it sure, it doesn't quite, you know, it, it probably pales in comparison a little bit to, you know, oh, this half a million dollar ball. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's so, about so much more than that and kind of, you know, being the respect have the respect of that because sure he could have tried to sprint out of the stadium put it on ebay instantly get a bunch of money for it and i don't know it kind of would have been cruddy and guess what he would never would have had the chance to meet tom like he definitely has now and probably is going to get to meet tom at some on some level and also be a part of all these documentaries and whatnot he may have been a part of some other documentaries but he would have been infamous and now he's just famous so i would have taken the deal would you would would you have so let me know anyways uh that was your time skip for this episode but uh lastly nba news so nba's just started and uh you know been in going on like a week and a half or so so nothing really to see there uh teams are played like four games so nothing really matters at this point everyone's just figuring themselves out all you really need to know is uh ben simmons might be um, a total landmine because that situation is hilarious and wild how it just exploded like you know when your Daryl Morey their GM and stuff comes forward and, and starts the press conference talking to the press who normally you kind of insulate yourself you kind of give them you know you give them some rope but not you don't just open the open the front door and say here's everything that's going on you just kind of give them summary and maybe give them as much only show them what you want to see and he let it off with, well, buckle up, because it's going to be wild. And that's what we're seeing. So Ben Simmons is uh, this week's Taylor Swift, because it turns out I think maybe he is the problem. And Jason Kelsey gave him the best advice. I love it. I think I brought it up maybe last week, but uh, maybe I didn't. He literally just told him, Jason Kelsey is starting center for the Philadelphia Eagles, longtime uh, better brother of Travis Kelsey, and... He just said, hey, man, this city's tough. But he said, just go out there and try and be better. Play better. <laughs> and the city will embrace you and the fans will love you for it. And Which, on one hand, I totally agree with him. It's like sometimes you just got to shut up, get to work, and make something happen. Like sometimes we get too emotional and be like, well, if it wasn't for this or that and this. And sometimes like all it takes is for us to shut up and try and, you know what, forget that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this. Despite... My crappy situation. I'm going to do something greater, make something greater, become something great. I don't know. And <laughs> so he just said, do better. And of course, there was some backlash in our soft day and age. We're like, oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not advice at all. That's just if it was only that easy. Well, sometimes it is that easy and we just don't want to admit it. I know I'm definitely a honyak about that. But yeah, what do you think Ben, Sim ben Simmons should do? I don't think he's getting traded anywhere because nobody wants that problem. And then, of course, you have some report come out that says uh, someone looking back and at LSU, he was a real hanyak in the bad way, in the worst way, and was kind of a self-centered jerk and wanted everything to be about him. And it's like, it's funny how like you maybe hear those things or you don't hear those things. But then when it starts to like, when you realize that people don't change and they still want to act this way, like anyone gets you so far and then it just explodes in everyone's faces. And then it comes out that, Oh yeah, actually this was a huge character pitfall, but that's where they're at. And that's right now. It's the only thing I really care about covering in the NBA. Cause that's really the only thing that matters. We got, it's a long season. We won't worry about nothing. Um, might start covering that later in, 
if I if I'm trying to do three sports or three in college football, NFL, and basketball, I'm definitely at least splitting into two episodes between football and basketball. But that does it for this first ever sports edition of the Rambling Viking podcast. Tell me if you like it uh, combined all together. I know I got to move through it fast, but uh, if you like it all together and you can just get it on one episode instead of ha- instead of having to listen. Uh, to two separate episodes and get bogged down with more episodes and I run my episode numbers up to make myself look good JK not doing that at all but if that's you know if you like that or if you like it separated and um, I think either way you're getting all your sports on Wednesday so uh, gonna be putting out the official new schedule soon but you got that sneak peek right here on the sports edition don't forget to subscribe share follow us on the instagram and the facebook and all that stuff and chime in with any and all of your takes for your team or any team for that matter uh, just like connor you know he gives he sends in he takes a time to record and send in his prediction for the giants every single week and i appreciate that and i i, I hope you do and would love for you to jump on that train it's as simple as recording a voiceman voiceman the nation simple as recording a voice memo on your phone emailing it in texting it to me if you know me personally yada yada or you there's plenty of different ways you could just do it over type you know through dms or email that way through written word because some people are more eloquent with the written word or articulate and i don't think i am because now you might say, well, I hope you are, because if, if this is your strong suit, then oh boy, how bad is your writing? Well, my handwriting, that is atrocious. And that's why I never had to worry about cheating, because I was like, people be like, can I cheat? And be like, I, I wouldn't even say anything, because I was like, you can't read my handwriting, so have at it. Because you're just going to write scribble, 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 and it's going to be absolute nonsense, because that's what it looks like I write. But the teachers could read my handwriting, so boom. But all right. That's, uh, we've gone on a crazy tangent. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. And if you're new to the Hanyak Horde, welcome. But that does it for this sports edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off.